love is a uh, concept that all of humanity and all cultures uh, talk about. But how do we describe what love is? How would we uh, talk about what demonstrates uh, the concept of love? I mean, we have a romantic love. Uh, we have brotherly love. Uh, but if I was to say how much I loved you, how would I show that? How would I demonstrate that love? Would I buy you flowers? Would I uh, invite you to um, a soccer game? Uh, would I do something that uh, many, many people do in that sort of way of showing love? You know, uh, one of my favorite verses is in 1 John uh, 1, uh, sorry, 1 John 3.16, and it says this, This is how we know what love is. Christ Jesus laid down his life for us. I, I love this verse because it has this notion that perhaps we didn't even know what it meant to love before Jesus actually demonstrated it for us uh, by laying down his life, by sacrificing himself for us. No greater love has anyone that they would lay down his life for his friends. And that is what Jesus has done for us. And so what does that mean for you and I today? This is something that happened 2,000 years ago. What does that have as an impact on my life? What does this love mean? How is love greater than fear? How is this love uh, going to be better than the despair and the wars in my life that that video spoke of? Uh, now, not to take away from the pain and the, and the hardship that Jesus went through, but there was something far, far more greater happening on that day as Jesus was on the cross. And that is the spiritual reality for you and me. And there are many things that we can talk about in terms of what this means for you and I. And in fact, this week, my mind was going crazy as I was concentrating, trying to uh, come up with something that would be meaningful for all of us today. And I was so uh, traumatized by the thoughts of all of these things buzzing around my head. I went for a walk. And during that walk, I prayed a prayer. And the prayer went like this, help. It's a great prayer. Uh, I can encourage you. You can steal that prayer if you like. It's a great prayer that's <laughs> able to be used in most situations. But it's a profound prayer. Help, Jesus, help. And after I prayed that prayer, a rubbish truck came around the corner. For it was the, the time uh, in our neighborhood where the, the garbage was collected, the recycling and the normal rubbish. And what came to mind was, was something that I know that happens in myself. And that is this. I love garbage day. Now, you might think that that's strange. But what I love about it is that as I'm collecting the rubbish and as I'm putting the rubbish bin out, I'm, I'm looking around the yard for anything else that I can throw out that is junk, that is rubbish. Because I have this desire to get our, the grounds of our house back to a clean slate. Back to normal, back to so-so, back to how I like it. But, you know, living with children and, and living in this world, things come into our space and junk accumulates. And I love getting rid of junk. I, and it's the same with the recycling, you know. We've got piles and piles of boxes of bottles and bottles and bottles. And, ah, comes the day when I put them all in the car and I drive them to the recycling uh, depot and, ah, it's back to, look, there's no boxes around with bottles in it. The same things happens when I'm gardening and I'm trying to get rid of weeds. 
You know, sometimes I just spend a whole weekend just pulling out weeds and I look around and I go, ah, it's back to normal. It's back to how I like it. It's back to a clean slate. It's exactly how it should be. And it's kind of like you're holding your breath and you're saying, just keep it as is. Don't let anything else come and, and wreck it and stop it from being so-so. Stop it from being clean. Same thing happens when I'm blowing out the back veranda and the leaves are there and I get the blower out and I blow them away and ah, look at it, it's beautiful, it's clean and it's wonderful, it's how I like it to be. But of course the wind comes in the next night and blows more leaves in. Now I don't know if you relate to that. Perhaps you relate to it in a similar way, maybe not outside, maybe you're an inside person and you like your kitchen bench to be, be absolutely perfect before you start your next meal and everything put away. Perhaps you've got a computer and you like all of the files to be put in the right places and you don't like the junk on your desktop cluttering up your space and stopping your computer working well. You might relate to that uh, in many ways. But you know, it's uh, something that practically happens in our lives, but it's actually a picture of our spiritual life. You see, we all have this life that we lead and there are things that come and, and interrupt or stop us from living a life that is how we want it to be, whether that be uh, regrets and grief, uh, whether that be conflict in our relationships, uh, whether that be uh, doing things that we know have hurt other people, whether that be situations that have happened outside of our, our circumstance that affect us. And so we live this life, but there's this junk, there's this rubbish, uh, there are these things that have been blown in by the things of life that we are trying to get rid of, that we're trying to remove because we want to get our life back to so-so. We want to get it back to that clean slate, to get it back to that place where we like it to be, where it's clean and it's void of anything that is going to disrupt us from living that life that we want. Do you know what is causing that? That is that in every single one of us as human beings, we are hungering for and hankering back to the way we're actually created to be. Now in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, it talks about when we were created, that we were in communion with God, that we walked in the garden and that we were able to relate to and enjoy all the fruits that God had for us in that space. And the, and the Bible describes this uh, situation as good. It describes this life as good. And that is the good that you and I are longing for when we're working hard, when we're straining hard to push away these things that uh, come into our life and perhaps stop us from actually living out that life that we want. I don't know if you relate to that, but I know I certainly do. The problem with this is that just like the junk in our house, or the leaves, or the weeds, or the dishes, or the files on our computer. No matter how hard we try, there is always a day where it comes back. And we need to continually be working at it. And we need something to happen in this situation. We can either strive and work every day and beat ourselves up and go, 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 knowing that it's actually not ever going to change. Or we actually need something or actually someone to come into our spiritual life and actually remove the junk for us 
actually remove all those barriers that stop us from living that life that he has designed and destined us to live. The life that Jesus says in John 10.10 is ours, that life in abundance. I know that you are desiring that life. I know that I desire that life. And to obtain that life, we need to actually allow Jesus into our lives to remove the things that stop us from living that life. Now, kids, you guys love uh, reading comics or watching certain television shows that show a hero who comes in to save the day. Now, in all of those situations, whether it be Fireman Sam or whether it be Superman, somebody has got themselves into a situation where they are hopeless and where they have no power in and of themselves to save themselves, whether they're in a raging torrent in a river and they need someone uh, to fly a helicopter and lower themselves down to pick them up, whether they're stuck on the side of a cliff and a rescuer needs to lower a rope down and pull them out, uh, whether they're stuck in a, a fire and there's no way out. They need, they need someone from the outside to come into their situation and to save them from that predicament. That is precisely what we celebrate on Good Friday. And that is precisely what Jesus has done for us. You and I are lost in our sins. We are lost in the junk of our life that comes into cloud and take away the life that he has for us. And we have no power in and of ourselves to save ourselves from those things. They keep coming. They keep coming. They're always there. They're always there, no matter how hard we try. And so we need a saviour. We need someone who's going to come in and wipe those things away once and for all. And of course, this is what Jesus has done for us. I just want to bring to you a, a couple of, of Bible passages that, that speak of this. The writer of Hebrews uh, speaks of the old system. In the old system, there would be a priest and we would come, if we want to come into relationship with God, we'd need to sacrifice goats and bulls and, and present that to the priest. And the priest takes that uh, into the Holy of Holies on our behalf. But the problem with that uh, system, which you had to come week after week, month after month, year after year, uh, in order to, to do it. And the writer of Hebrews talks about how Jesus is our ultimate high priest and how Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice. And that he didn't come to do it again and again and again and again, but he came once for all time to take away those things that easily hinder us. So in Hebrews chapter 9, he says this, He, that is Jesus, did not enter uh, the Holy of Holies by the blood of goats and calves, by the old system, but he entered the most holy place, the presence of God, once for all, there it is, once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption for you and me. So how much more then will the blood of Christ, through who the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness, uh, uh, clear away, give us that clean slate from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. You know, he says, uh, not only does Jesus once and for all take away those things, but he takes it away in order that we might live a life that would serve him. And that's the life that we all hunger for. 
And then later on um, uh, in the verse in chapter 9, he also says this, Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin. There it is, to do away with that stuff by the sacrifice of himself. So Christ was sacrificed once, not many times, to take away the sins of many. And that is you and I. Now, you think uh, he's making a point here by repeating himself. And in chapter 10, he repeats himself again. He says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again and again. And again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. You know, you and I can keep pushing and keep pushing and keep striving and keep like earning it, but it will never, ever, ever do it. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down because the work was completed. It was finished. For by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. If you've got your Bibles, just underline, made perfect forever. Do you know you have been made perfect forever? Now, Jesus has done that for us. Does this mean that we never have pain, that we never have broken relationships, that we never have those things in our lives? Of course, uh, those things are still uh, a reality for us. But they no longer need to rob us of the life that he has now given us and that he has now uh, presented to us. We can rest in the finished work of Jesus knowing that that grants us the life that is void of the things that would ever hinder us from being in a right relationship with God forever. So it doesn't matter whether it was in the past or whether it's today or whether it's the things that are going to come in our life. None of those things now can separate us from the love of God. Isn't that an amazing thing? So I want to finish with you. Uh, from 1 Peter 2.24, he says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So that's really what um, a part of Good Friday is about as we celebrate the fact that we don't need to earn We don't need to strive. We don't need to push anymore because there is someone who has wiped the slate clean for us, who has given us the so-so, the perfect, the what we're actually uh, longing for in our lives. We don't need to look for it anywhere else. We don't need to keep trying to get it. Jesus has given it to us uh, in himself. And that is what we celebrate. And so now we're going to just spend some time Uh, celebrating what we call communion. This is uh, uh, celebrating a meal that Jesus had with his disciples on the night that he was betrayed. Now, before Jesus uh, had communion with his disciples, he washed his disciples' feet. You know, today you might want to wash your hands uh, rather than washing feet uh, because of, of what we are experiencing now. 
But in washing his disciples' feet, he showed that he came to serve. He came to sacrifice himself. And so I'm going to read to you uh, the account, and then we're going to share in communion together, celebrating what he has done for us. So the hour came when Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he, sat, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. He's longing to be in uh, communion with us. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now, what is the new covenant? See, the old covenant was the way of needing to go back and back and back in order to be cleansed from our sins. The new covenant is that Jesus has done it for us once and for all, for all time. And we no longer need to go to someone in order to know him and be in relationship with him. We can enter into the Holy of Holies knowing that he has made a way for us. So that is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And then he says, by the hand of him who is going to betray me. And he talked about then Judas as someone who was going to betray him again. He could have said to his disciples, quick, grab Judas, stop him from doing this thing that's going to cause me to go to trial and go to the cross. But he allowed Judas to go and betray him, his willingness to give his life up for us. And so we do as our Saviour commanded us to do. And we take the bread and we give thanks to God for this bread and we break it and we say this is Christ's body which has been broken for us and we do this in remembrance of him. And today is a day of remembrance and we remember the great sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for us. And in the same way we take the cup and we say, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many. In fact, it's for every single one who calls on the name of the Lord. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. And so I just want to encourage you now, what we're going to do is that we're going to play a song that speaks of the bread and the wine. If you are celebrating this service with some people, can I encourage you to serve one another, to take the bread or the crackers and to give it to one another saying, this is Christ's body given for you. And then to take the cup and to share with one another and say, the blood of Jesus shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. So I'm going to play this song. Uh, have communion together if you're by yourself allow the song to really speak to you. Um, after you've had the, the meal together, just allow uh, God's Spirit just to be doing a work in your life. Uh, and if you don't know Jesus, this meal is for you too. He invites you to participate with Him.
Uh, so we're going to play this song now. On the marvelous thing that he has done for us. Thanks, guys. Um, I am constantly reminded as I take out the garbage, uh, as I blow the leaves, as I pull the weeds out, that I, I can never do it all, but Jesus has done it all for me. And may that be a blessing to you as you go in this day. just want to end our time this morning by reading to you from 1 Thessalonians. It says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless. Have that clean slate, that life, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. May the Lord bless you and uh, may you know of his love in this Easter time. After the service, uh, those who are part of the Hills Christian Family Centre, you will have received an email last night uh, encouraging you to participate in some virtual coffee tables where we can chat and get together. I encourage you to head to that email and you can click on those Zoom links to now gather together over a coffee, over a hot cross bun. You might want to share with one another something of this morning's service that has spoken to you and that has uh, really helped you to understand the great sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So I, I, I encourage you to head to that now. Uh, and I encourage you also to tune back in on uh, Easter Sunday, 10 o'clock, where we'll be um, celebrating the resurrection that Jesus is no longer dead, but he is alive. And because he is alive, we now have this life that he has given us. May the Lord bless you. Till then, see you later.